Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 316 of So You Want to Be a Writer, the podcast that's all about the world of writing and publishing. I'm Valerie Koo, CEO of the Australian Writer Centre, where you'll find writing courses and an awesome, supportive writing community. And I'm here with my co-host, Alison Tate, author of the popular Mapmaker Chronicles and Adaban Cipher book series, also known as A.L. Tate. How are you, Al? I'm okay, thanks, Valerie. I'm nearly to the end of the school holidays. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, by the time mm. this goes live, I will might actually be, you know, back mm. at school. Or well, they will be. I won't be. Mm. Um, and so, yes, I'm clinging on by my fingernails, and I'm almost there. And I'm sure that all of the other parents out there who I saw waving their children off to school today mm. uh, will understand how I'm going to feel tomorrow. And <laughs> how would you summarise the school holidays that have just been for you? Um, well, to be honest, they've been pretty unusual for me this year, but I know that they've been incredibly difficult for a lot of people that live in my area because yes. they feel like they've gone on forever, but mm. everybody's been quite isolated because of the bushfires. So there hasn't been the usual fun frivolity, getting together, going to the beach, you know, doing all the things that, that would normally happen. So everybody's been very stressed. Nobody mm. feels particularly rested. Um, and, you know, like the fires at the moment, there's still the fires in uh, down towards Canberra, yes. which are not that far away from us. Um, you know, but in the meantime, my cousin who lives up in North Queensland is practically underwater because mm. they've had 540 mils of rain in 24 hours. And, you know, so it's oh, it has been a really strange, you know, break, I think. Um, yes. So I don't – I can't – yeah, I don't know that anybody is particularly feeling – refreshed and ready for another big year ahead of us Mm. um but i think getting back in you know what i think i think getting back into the routine of the you know of of school life is actually going to be quite helpful to people this year in a funny sort of a way yeah yeah i think that i feel like i need another i need a holiday soon to get refreshed Yeah, yeah. I mean, we because we were away, like we went overseas, so we were out of it for quite a long time. But um, even so, you kind of it's that feeling of being worried about home. Yeah, like it's just it's a it's been a very strange summer. That's all I can say. Well, we want to give a big shout out to nine types of cheese. Isn't that a great name? Nine types of cheese. (laughs) Yes. Sounds like my kind of person. I do love a cheese. I know. I love cheese. Okay. We're a big shout out to Nine Types of Cheese who left us a five-star rating on iTunes, well, on Apple Podcasts, as it's now known. And Nine Types of Cheese, best name ever, uh, said, prior to relocating to the UK four years ago, I hadn't missed an episode of your podcast, but then a busy London work schedule intervened and I used my commute to write and eventually land an agent this year. I found myself disillusioned. Yes, woo. That's worthy of a woo. Um, This year I found myself disillusioned as despite some encouraging and lengthy rejections, my novel exhausted its submission options. I initially felt at a loss, but then I reconnected with your podcast. It's been a breath of fresh air and a much needed touch of home. The added bonus was a huge backlog of episodes to catch up on. I'm still writing and currently working on a project just for fun. I hope to throw my hat in the ring again one day soon, but want to say thanks for all your writing tips, fascinating interviews, and of course, the word of the week. (laughs) Oh, please. Nine types of cheese. You just lost me. Can I just take a moment here, though, to say, are you somewhat surprised by prior to relocating to the UK four years ago, I hadn't missed an episode of your podcast? Have Have we seriously been talking 
for that for long? Have we? No, I didn't. For think four so. years? Wow, that's crazy, right? Oof. Thanks That's for the, crazy. Thanks for highlighting and look, and look, that. I was going to say, look at all your people out there listening yes. <laughs> for all Lord. those years as well. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh, oh, God. I guess the great thing about it is that our voices don't get older, right? We just, you know, oh, we still yeah, sound like young and fresh, don't we? Yes, that's right. <laughs> we don't have to worry about, you know, getting, getting chucked because we don't look the part on breakfast television anymore. <laughs> You know oh, to be honest with you, I think, I think I've always had an excellent face for radio, so I'm pretty happy back here. <laughs> well, big thank you to Nine Types of Cheese for taking the time to um, tell us your story and for leaving us that review on Apple Podcasts. We really do appreciate it. And, of course, if you have 30 seconds to leave us a rating or a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or, or any podcast program we'd really be grateful because it certainly helps us in the rankings all right now let's move. it does can i just also oh, say yes. wait before you move on okay. i have something to say, say and it has away. nothing to do with the word of the week okay. i just want to say um best of luck to nine types of cheese with that new manuscript oh, yes. and i do hope that when you throw the hat in mm. well done for getting back up again and having another go um that it goes really well for you yep absolutely all right, so uh, let's move on to the world of writing and publishing. Thanks to Dino, we have a link from The Guardian. Philip Pullman calls for boycott of the Brexit 50p coin over the missing Oxford comma. Now, there's so much debate over the Oxford comma, isn't there, Al? Uh, so some people are staunchly against it. Some people are staunchly for it. And the coin that has come out in the UK has the phrase peace, comma, prosperity and friendship with all nations. Um, 31 mm. January 2020, you know, it's, it's, it's the coin. It's a new coin. And, of course, mm. the people who love the Oxford comma believe it should be peace, comma, prosperity, comma, and friendship with all nations. Because the Oxford comma mm. comes before the and, before the final and. Oh, jeez. I mean, headlines, Look, it's ripped families apart. <laughs> Look, arguments. No, the, no, Brexit, the debate has, hasn't it? <laughs> Look, I, um, I have to say this. I am generally a, fa a, fa a fan I would generally be on the side of the Oxford comma crew because um, I do honestly feel that there are often cases where an Oxford comma is required for clarity and yes. if the comma is required for clarity, then let's go with the comma. But I'm struggling to care about this. <laughs> I, I know I've, I know I should because, you know, generally speaking, I'm all over the grammar and I do like to get things right, etc. But I just feel like in the face of all of the things that we are dealing with on a worldwide level right now, mm. I just don't. I can't find it in my heart to get excited. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, not excited. It's what your care factor is. Well, my it? care factor is zero then. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I mean, you know, like there, I, I don't know, like there may be members of our community who have just turned off the podcast in disgust. Alison, yes. I can't believe that you don't understand that this is the beginning of the end of civilization. Yeah. yeah. And I and I get that mm. and I, I understand your pain, but I honestly, like really, having just had the conversation we had about the Australian summer, the mm. comma just doesn't work for me. I don't care. 
I don't okay. care. All right. Well, we'll put the Sorry. link to the garden article in the show notes, which of course you can find at so you want to be a which you can find at so you want to be a writer dot com dot au, and you can check it out for yourself. Um, I'm in a similar camp to you. And let Alison. us know, please. Let us know. Well, yes. Let us know if you, you care. Like, yeah. if you want to raise, yeah. If yeah. you want to raise this in the in the podcast community with me and tell me off soundly, then I'm okay with that. I, I will I will take your criticism. I'm happy to do yeah. that. Um, I may not respond because I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure if I care about that either. But I I honestly will be will you know I I, I take I take the point that it things matter. I do get that. Yes. But yeah, not today. And you? And if you're you not care? a member, well, if you're not a member of the podcast community on Facebook, it's free to join. Just search for So You Want to Be a Writer podcast community on Facebook and request to join. We'd love to have you in there. We've got like so many people in there now and they're all like lovely and Thousands. wonderful, aren't Thousands. they? Yes. They are. No, I was going they to are. say it's that. It's a very, very I'm nice a community. Similar position to you, Al, in that I. Um, I do believe that the Oxford comma is required for when it means that the sentence is going to be more clear. But like you, yeah, this whole Brexit coin, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Let's talk about something else more, more useful. I feel like we're not upholding upholding our role here as, you know, like guardians of the writing world. But I, I uh, you know, yeah. Shall we move on? We shall move on. In fact, we're going to move on to um, uh, a blog post that was on the Australian Writer Centre blog this week. And it is 21 ways to reinvent yourself in the new year. Because, of course, the new year is a great time to reinvent yourself and to think about the things Mm -hmm. that you want to do and get up to um, this year, anything new that you want to tackle. and uh, there's some ideas here which I think are really good because um, what are the ways that you – what are things that you want to change this year, Al? Me? Yeah, you. Is there anything that you want to change or do or, you know, something new? Oh, gosh. No. I think I just want to – I think I want to consolidate, to be honest with you. I think this is going to be – this is not a year of reinvention for me. Um, I have a new book coming out in September. I want to consolidate where I'm up to. I probably want to cull, actually, rather than reinvent. Mm, I think I need to lose a few things off my to-do list because um, it has been uh, a little bit ridiculous for the last couple of years. Um, So I think I'm probably going to look at culling things out of my life a little bit. Um, So, yeah, so not so much reinventing um, as consolidating and, um, you know, I don't know. I I, I don't do news resolutions and I don't tend to. Mm. This is not really what I do. I think culling um, is a really good idea, but I think that the new mm, year in January and February is actually an ideal time to start something new because that's when you're going to be most motivated. So whether it's taking up a new mm, hobby or learning a new language or just doing something new, learning a new instrument, that's mm, one of the suggestions also on the list or to create a vision board or um, like a start visioning in your journal about what you want to create for yourself this year. This is literally the time to do it uh, because mm. you're, you, you're a little, you haven't got stuck into the year and into the daily grind yet. Um, this is the time to think about doing a course or whether you do it later in the year, book it in now so that you've committed to it. Mm. Um, I think that uh, it's a, if you haven't yet done it, because as in haven't yet reflected on what you want the year ahead to look like, 
because maybe you've been caught up in all of the stress that's been going on in Australia over the past few weeks, um, try and carve out some time, an hour or so, go to the beach, go to a favorite spot, your park, your backyard, whatever, and actually reflect on that and have a think about what you want to create for your life this year. Because like I said, this is the perfect time to do it. I encourage you to do it for sure. Um, yeah, well, I think, look, it's one of those things too, because I always say, like, I often feel that the year doesn't actually start until the 1st of February. Like, yeah. I honestly feel like January is just a wasteland uh, in Australia mm. um, because of the summer, because of the holidays, because of whatever. Um, so for me, it's often not till the boys are back at school that I even have time to think about like, what I've booked myself in to do for the year, which is insane um, already. Or, you know, and how I'm going to manage that and what else I can actually, you know, manage. So mm. I think sometimes, you know, it takes till the 1st of February for people to get their heads around what what, what the year might look like. Yeah, especially now that school holidays are coming to an end, that perfect time to do it if you haven't had a chance yet. Mm. All right. And we've mm. had a review for our book for new listeners who aren't aware. <gasps> Alison and I co-wrote a book last year called So You Want to Be a Writer? And it's going great guns. We're getting some great <laughs> um, response to it. What's the review that you've seen, Al? Oh, I saw one on Amazon uh, from LV, five out of five stars. Um, and LV is based in the US. Uh, so the book is available, you know, worldwide pretty much. Um, and it says, wonderful book. The tips given to write while still having a job are really helpful. I use a lot of the advice, which is fantastic. And thank fantastic. you very much for um, for reviewing the book for us, LV. It makes a huge difference to us on uh, the various, you know, book selling sites if you do leave a review. So thank you very much, LV. We really appreciate your feedback. Yes, and if you have read the book and um, – uh, would like to leave us a review would be grateful for that as well because it helps others discover it right let's move on to um, we have a new online course in development and this is really good and much mm. needed by so many people it is a must for any fiction writer who is looking to gain more confidence because it's called fiction essentials grammar and punctuation and it's been created by our um, director of creative writing Pamela Freeman and we're excited to be ready to be launched soon it is very specific skills that any fiction writer needs because we read a lot of manuscripts and sometimes the story is great but the grammar and punctuation is actually just not <laughs> and not. it's not very great polite. it's not great for you to be submitting your manuscript in that way to a publisher or agent or editor or whatever. Um, it's very, very useful for you to gain the skills that you need in grammar and punctuation. Now, of course, there are many, many rules in grammar and punctuation, but what we've done is focused on the ones that you need most, especially when you're writing fiction, the ones where we see the most mistakes in fiction writers. So register your interest today. You can go to writercenter.com.au slash fiction grammar that's writercenter.com.au slash fiction grammar um, and you'll be notified as soon as that course is ready so ow we have a competition this week and we have three copies excellent of finding chica a little girl an earthquake and the making of a family by mitch album international number one mm. bestseller mitch album's first work of non-fiction in 10 years his most personal story to date 
Chika Jun was born three days before the devastating earthquake that decimated Haiti in 2010. She spent her infancy in extreme poverty, and when her mother died, Chika was brought to the Have Faith Have Faith Haiti orphanage that Mitch and his wife Janine operate. Chika made an impression as a brave and self-assured three-year-old, but at age five, Chika was suddenly diagnosed with a terminal disease that no doctor in the country could help with. Mitch and Janine took Chika to America, hoping that treatment would enable her to go back home. Instead, Chika became a permanent part of their lives as they embarked on a two-year around-the-world journey to find a cure. As Chika's boundless optimism and humour taught Mitch the joys of caring for a child, he learnt that a relationship built on love, no matter what blows it takes, can never be lost. Wow, sounds like a tearjerker. So... It does. Entries close on the 3rd of February. If you want your chance to win one of three copies, go to writerscentre.com.au slash win. That's writerscentre.com.au slash win. Now, my favourite part. Are you ready for the word of the week, Al? (laughs) Your favourite part. Um, Yes, Valerie, I'm ready for the word of the week. Excellent. Octothorpe. That's O-C-T-O, Octothorpe. (laughs) Like in Thorpe, Octothorpe. Seriously? Mm. Do you know what an Octothorpe yeah, no. is? I, I do not know what an Octothorpe is. Okay. So it sounds like in Thorpe with eight legs, but it's not. In fact. Of course it's not. <laughs> an Octothorpe is the name for the hash symbol. Yeah, you know, the little noughts and crosses square that you use when you hashtag things on social media. That's an Octothorpe. And who would ever have imagined? I know, right? You've. Day made. <laughs> Day made. All right. I, honestly, I swear this this episode has had everything, hasn't it? Oxford commas, <laughs> octothorps, grammar and punctuation. It's all going on. Most importantly, who is our writer in residence this week? Ah, so this week we are speaking with the lovely Sue McPherson, um, who I met at a. Um, I met at the Brisbane Writers Festival when we were on together a couple of years ago and it's taken me quite a while. I've been, been wanting to talk to Sue for quite some time. Um, she created a book called Brontide that Book Boy read, I think it was last year or, or the year before, and he was going to he was going to um, review it on his blog, but he wouldn't review it on his blog until I found out whether or not it was actually fiction or whether it was fact. Now, that's quite an intriguing thing, isn't it? Um, it's an extraordinary little book. Um, and so it's taken me this long um, to to track down Sue through her pub- publishers at Magabala Books. And um, and we had a bit of a chat about her, you know, history with writing and um, and her and, and this particular book, Brontide. And it was, you know, a very interesting chat. Sue McPherson is an Australian visual artist and author. Her first novel, Grace Beside Me, won the 2011 Carl Dargan Indigenous Writing Competition through the State Library of Queensland and was shortlisted for the Prime Minister's Literary Awards in 2013 before being turned into a television series with a script by Sue in 2018. Her latest book is Brontide, a YA novel published by Magabala Books in 2018. Welcome to the program, Sue. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, this is a very this interview is a very long time in the making because I met you at the Brisbane Writers Festival whenever we did that was that like last year or something, and yeah. I remember saying to you at the time, 
Sue, I really want to interview for the podcast because Brontide was out and I took it home and I gave it to, to Book Boy and he read it and he really liked it and he got very confused about whether it was real or whether it was none or whether it was a novel. And, and then it's taken us this long to actually get ourselves together. So I'm very, very excited to have you here um, for the podcast today. Um, so what we like to do is go all the way back to the beginning. So maybe you can tell us how the story of Grace Beside Me, how that came to be published. Okay, so I just, uh, I attended a workshop for, for, um, for writers, for writers who were, who had, who hadn't had anything published, but were looking to just extend their own um, stories and, and see where they could take them. It was, uh, the workshop was run in Coolum by a lovely lady there called Rose Allen, and she was fantastic. Um, I attended the workshop. I started on a story. It was crap. She told me it wasn't good, which was great for me and my ego. So (laughs) I went home, and by the next week, actually one night, Nan from Grace Beside Me came into my head, and she was fierce. She was so fierce and strong, strong strong-willed and... That's when Grace Beside Me started and I I started writing. Never, ever expected it to go as far as it did. I never even expected it to be published to be truthful. Um, With the support of Rose, um, the the workshop um, facilitator, she told me that I should actually put it out there because it's a good, strong story. And I uh, entered it into the Kawadagan Indigenous Writing Competition with the State Library, State Library in Queensland. So Blow Me Down, Grace Beside Me, was a joint winner um, in the Kawadagan Indigenous Writing Competition. I couldn't believe it. Um, we had, I had some wonderful editors working on it with me. And I can't remember how long it took, but um, we got it together and it was handed over to um, the amazing Magabala family, my um, Magabala family in Broome, and that's where it was published. So, yeah, it was a huge – and it went fast. It went really, really fast and I was – wrapped up in a whole lot of things and words and sayings and trying to understand the industry that I had no idea about. So um, it was was really interesting and and I'm very grateful for it. So... The story of Grace Beside Me, when you went to that workshop, had you you had been working on something at that point? Like you had obviously gone to that workshop with something written, had you? Or or you went to the workshop and started from scratch? From scratch, from scratch. I had something totally different. It wasn't good. It was it was totally different story. And it was, you know, I think a week after Nan came to me um, and then I was off with that story. Okay. And um, it, it actually just blew up. It actually blew up from there. It was an easy write for me. Um, I'm not saying it was great because, you know, we needed some editing, but... The story was there and I I knew it was strong but never expected it to be published. And did you, so the story that you had written before that, were you someone who was always writing different things or was that a story that you'd been working on for a long time? So when Rose said to you, oh, no, this is crap, you were slightly heartbroken. (laughs) She'll say, I didn't say it it was crap. um, (laughs) (laughs) So at the 
the time, and I think this is what happens with me, I can read a book, just say if it was old English book, next minute I have a voice that's old English. Right. And that's what, exactly what happened. And, um, and she picked up on it straight away. Sue, what are you doing? So it wasn't um, your voice that she was saying. It was my voice. Right. And she was very interested in what I had to say. So um, I dis- uh, disagreed with her at, at the time. Um, but thankfully I listened and, uh, and and that's when Nan came through. So, yeah, she was right on the money. Okay. So once you actually tapped into your own stories and your own voice, that's when yeah. it really took off for you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And, 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 and it, at times... Writers will understand this. Anyone, I, I guess, connected to being creative would understand that when you're connected, you just connect and before you know it, you've it's written itself in some degree. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying all of it, but there are parts, and I remember writing and I, I looked up and, you know, two hours had passed and the boys were ready to be picked up from school. Back yeah. at that time. So, yeah, it was, in, yeah, it was an easy write at times okay so you said that you know once it kind of blew up for you like that you then had to like jump into this whole world of publishing that you didn't know anything about was there anything about that publishing process that really surprised you like as far as it went um a lot of things surprised me I guess I mean that's it's beautiful collaborating with with beautiful people I love being pushed and pulled that's how I work that's how I uh my work improves you know I need to be pushed and pulled so that was great the editing part um was interesting because at the time electronic editing had just come in so that was you know for old girl here that was a big thing for me to understand (laughs) how to how to well, to understand what to do there. So, um, but I got through it. So that that was a good thing. So the main thing was the editing. Yeah, it was lots of things to learn from that. And um, but I must say, I'm better better for it. I'm yeah. not saying I'm a great I'm I'm great at what I do, but I certainly learnt a lot from it. So was writing something that you had always done? Because I know you do have a visual arts side to you as well was writing something that you always did or was there a time where the visual art side was would took precedence no writing was never a big part of my of of my makeup at all um storytelling absolutely but not writing mm. um visual art i just you know anything to do with my hands and making uh, weaving um painting, drawing, all of those things. I just love those. But everything what everything that I made had a story and that was important. Everything that I made had a story. So I guess it was a, a, a natural progression to actually move into writing. Um, it was just I was doing it all along anyway. So So then yeah. you and then you became drawn to actually the written form of the story. That's right, that's right. And I, that's when I thought, well, I don't have to try and sell this painting with this story. I can simplify it by just telling the story because that, you know, those, those the story has always been the biggest thing for me. Okay. Visually, I love beautiful things. You don't get me wrong there, but it's the story that's most important. So how do the two aspects of that, of your creativity work together these days? Like I, I I think you said um, before we started the interview that the writing is definitely taken taken over from that visual stuff these days. 
That's right. I mean, it's still there. You know, I could I could pick up. Um, I'm like I'm working on a basket at the moment, um, and I could pick up a brush at any time. It's just that the the story. It's just uh, it just weighs bigger at the moment, and that's what I'm that's what I'm working with. Um, the other things are definitely still there, and I dare say after I'm finished. Um, the the story that I'm working on at the moment, I will definitely get back into something else, working with my hands more more so. Okay, so all right, let's talk about your writing process then. Um, do you write? Do you write every day? Are you someone who plans a story out in advance? Do you just kind of like as with Nan? Do you just get a voice in your head and start writing a story? Like, how does the process work for you? I'm not a planner. I I have the basic of a story in my head and then it just builds from there in my head and sometimes, most times, it will build for up to a year before I even put pen to paper and I always put pen to paper first. I don't just throw it down, uh, start working on the computer. It's oh, important that so I you write it out that. longhand. First. Yeah, yeah, okay. I do. No, just to start with, just notes, and then and then maybe just the start of the, start of the story or the end of the story. Maybe it's the the middle of the story, but I have to write longhand first, and then once I, I know, I don't know. It's just an energy thing. Once I feel it's right, I just then I can turn on the computer and away I go. Okay, and how do you know that you've got to that point? Like when you know enough about the story, is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, when I know enough and. Don't forget, you know, it's it has been percolating in my head most times for about a year. So by the time I get to writing something down, it's, you know, a lot of things are already there. So, and I usually have a an exercise book um, and I just jot lots of anything to do with that story down on that, in that book, including the colour, every story that I I write has has a colour attached to it. Um, right. I, know, I know you think that's weird. No, but I, I'm always reason, interested. For some reason, every story I have has a colour and it has a tone, a certain tone. So if, if I can keep that colour, that tone, and every story also has a song so or a piece of music. So if I can keep that tone, that song, that colour, Locked down, hopefully by the end of the story, it's all flowing. It's all good. So what, what colour was Grace beside me? I knew you'd ask me that. Of course that. I'm going to ask you that. It was green. It was green. The colour was green. Um, the song, for goodness sakes, I can't remember the song because I'm about six stories in now with other songs. Well, you probably so, don't. That's fine. But the colour uh, was green. Okay. Oh, Claire de Lune. Claire de Lune. Oh, okay. Um, the classical piece, yeah. Okay, and cool. you think, gee whiz, that wouldn't, that doesn't seem like that would go. But in my head and in my, in my heart, it did go. It does go. So that's that's what I worked with. All right. So you also, um, like, obviously, Grace beside me has has been on the television, which is very exciting. Um, was that strange, like, to watch these characters that you'd invented, you know, come <laughs> to life? You know, I still don't. I still can't deal with it that well it's it's so overwhelming for me still it's still very overwhelming did you um, watch it 
I did watch it, and I have I have all of the episodes with me. The beautiful Lois and Dina, the producers, sent me um, the actual full season through to me, which is wonderful. I have watched them all through. It's just very surreal, I tell you. It's it's crazy surreal. And did um, you work on the script for that as well? Yes, I worked on two scripts. So I was co-writer on two scripts with the wonderful Sam Carroll. She's a script editor. Um, and, yeah, we, we worked to, together well. She's brilliant and I learned a lot from her. So, um, yeah, very interested in writing for, for screen. How did you find that process differed from creating the story in the first place? Wow. Um it's simplified. It's simplified. The writing is simplified, but you have to say everything possible within a short, uh, within a sentence sort of thing. Yeah. Say as much as you can without going on and on and on, which I tend to do. I'm quite good at that. I'm quite gifted. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, Sam had a, yeah, she, um, but she, she, she was really helpful and um, was really lovely, yeah. Did you, um, do you think that the visual aspect of your brain came in handy when it came to actually creating a script in that yeah. sense of having to visualise what was going on? Absolutely, absolutely. And I encourage all writers to think about script writing because you just don't know if you may be good at, at it or not. Mm. Um, it's, and it's, it's surprising. It's, it's a wonderful medium to work in. Um, yeah, just go for it. Absolutely. You'd have to give it a try at least. Um, but, yeah, I find it reasonably easy. I can, I can see things. It's easy for me to do. Okay. In that regard, I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying I'm good at it, but um, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. And I think I get it to a degree. I think I get it. Okay. This is a good thing. Well, let's talk about Brontide, which I actually found a really interesting book. As I said, Book Boy read it, couldn't decide if it was novel or nonfiction, as <laughs> it, it does read very true. It also almost reads like a script, like it's got that script feel to it to me. That's right. Um, so what's the story behind that book? The story, these boys, I know this is another weird thing about me, my characters come to me and they, they always come to me with a story. So Brontide boys, the Brontide lads came to me with their story and I knew it was going to be full on. I didn't expect it to be so full on. Yeah. So um, tell us a bit about, tell, for people who haven't seen it or read it like we have, tell them what it's about. What is Brontide all about? Okay. I think it's, it's a four, four boys. Yeah. Four boys living in Taraloon, which is um, a little coastal, wee coastal town um, up from Noosa on the Sunshine Coast. And they just get up to no good, that, which, you know, we all did. <laughs> I shouldn't say we all. Okay, so I did. Um, <laughs> and they played around with a term um, they call tarping or tarpon where they jump in the back of somebody's ute without the owner knowing, mm. getting under the tarp and, and, and uh, seeing how far they can go. Mm. Uh, they have to go to the next stop. So sometimes the next stop could be, you know, 
two minutes up the road. Sometimes the next stop could be, you know, two hours down the road. Mm. So you just don't know where you're going to get to and um, that's all part of their, the vet, their dare, sorry, the dare. So that's what they were playing with and um, it sort of works from there. But everybody's story, the, uh, the four lads in the book, everybody has their own story. So you learn you learn who they are, who they really are. Mm. And is it like it's the kind of thing that – so where did the idea for it come from? Like where did you – did you hear about typing and then think, I need to write a story about this? Or did you meet a character, you know, in your mind? I mean, how did, the, how did it all come together? So Harvey and I were returning from – we live in Yamundi, so we're returning from Noosa one day and we actually drive at the time. It was a, it was a, a um, Navara. Mm-hmm. So we had a tarp over the back. But we were following a Hilux ute and it had a tarp over the back. And wherever we go, we have this crazy game where somebody sees something and we start a story from it. Okay. Um, And the other one bounces off it and we go from there, we bounce backwards and forward. And before we know it, we've got a story and, you know, it's I know it's a bit silly, but sometimes you can. Yeah. Good game. <laughs> so Harvey said, you know, I wonder what's under the tarp because we were following, you know, this this Hilux U. And I, I said, well, maybe it's a person. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, would it be a male or female? And I said, I don't think a girl would be under there. I'm pretty sure it would be a, a young fella, cheeky bugger. And <laughs> um, and that's how it all started. And, and then and – then, Hubby, I can't remember if it was Hubby or I who who said, but why? Why would they get under the tarp? Why would they get under the tarp? And that's when um, we agreed that it would be because of um, a bet or a dare. Yeah, okay, it's great. So it's an interesting story. It, it does, as you say, it like the, the the four voices are very important, like the characterisation of those boys and the fact that it comes through in their voices, in their stories. Was mm-hmm. that difficult to get? right like in the sense of making sure that those voices were all because the the difficulty you have when you've got you know four people who are essentially you know from Mm. the same town and Mm. stuff is that that making those voices different is actually a real challenge like so that you know who's talking so was that aspect of it difficult to get right well to start with it was because it was to start with it was actually written um no no let me go back a bit it was actually written as it was now Mm. Um, and for some reason the voices were reasonably clear for me. I had to tweak it here and there just to make it um, really work, that the voices were really separate. But mostly they were there to start with because I knew these kids. I knew enough about them over thinking about it for a year that I'd written down everything afterwards and I I knew who they were. I could feel them. I knew the song. I knew that I... The colour, I just knew I knew who they were. So I actually took, um, I, I asked somebody to have a look at it and they suggested that I actually write it into normal book form, yeah. format. Yeah. Um, I tried it. I actually did it. I oh. actually, yeah, I actually re- rewrote it back into normal format and it, gee, it was boring as, so I said, <laughs> no, this is not going to work. <laughs> this is, 
you know when it doesn't fit. Yeah, I do. And so I, that's when I, I, I returned to what I knew and what the boys wanted, I believe, and um, and they were much happier and so was I. Mind you, Sue wasn't, uh, because I actually have myself in the book, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't in the book to start with. It was another girl. I think her name was Jenny. God love her, Jenny. Right. Love Jenny. Jenny. Um, and Jenny was boring too because right. she just wasn't game enough to challenge the boys. And when the boys challenged her, she she was she cried and, and ran away. So I thought I need something. I need to change this. And I thought because these little buggers that, you know, they were actually, can I say shit? They were actually giving me the shit. So I thought, <laughs> who am I going to put in there that's not going to take their shit? So that's when I thought, well, how about I just throw myself in? And that's how I came to be one of the characters. I don't know if it was a good move or not, but anyway, there you go. That's how I well, came Well, I think that's me. where it got confusing for Joe as to, I mean, it was actually a, a really good, you know, touch because that's where he got confused about whether yeah. it was real or whether it wasn't because <laughs> it was written like it was, you know, you you there doing the thing and having yeah. these conversations. So um, I actually think it was a great idea to put yourself in there. Um, but are you, so like given the characterizations and things, are you, you know, are you like me? Are you someone who just spends a lot of time listening to the people around you talking so that you do pick up on the different dynamics of the ways that people speak and the different languages that they use and how they talk and interact with each other are you a secret eavesdropper like i am or is oh, it just me oath. out there oh bloody oath i am yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely and it's made me a better person for it because i can listen to people now i can actually i i don't hear i don't just stop and hear i stop and i listen and i think i think that's a good thing and i think that needed changing for me so um yeah that's what i do same as you tuning in tuning yeah, in i call it that's it all right so you've written uh you've written three novels to date is that right you've got the two you've got grace beside me brontide and then you've also got a children's novel is that correct yeah it caught me a wish yeah excellent um so are you working on something at present and is it in the same sort of you know ballpark children slash ya stuff no, it's mm. um, it's for anybody actually. It's and it's a feature film, my first feature film, and oh. I'm really yeah, really excited about it. It's been a long time coming because, like I said, I I I, I think a lot before I even hit the page. So, but this is it's really important. I push boundaries like most things I I do at the moment. Um, a lot of you know, some people will be happy with with me some may not that's okay it's the story that that's important so okay. yeah and is that as much as you're allowed to tell us you can't tell us much about what it's about or anything uh it's about a woman dealing with her big life and she's had a very big life and um and it's there's dark bits in there it's a road film it's right. um, a road film. I'm, <laughs> it's hard to say a lot without saying anything. Yeah, that's okay. Please, yeah. But it, it is a road film and uh, and she re it's a reconnection with her great-grandson great actually and, um, and it's a reconnection with herself. So she finds her, herself without sounding like a bit of, I know that just sounds a bit. I don't know. What does it sound like? Yeah, I, think, I, think we're, I think we're all searching for ourselves, really, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I know. Aren't we? 
All right. So switching gears a little bit, what kinds of things do you do to promote your work? Like, are you someone who is active, you know, on the internet, social media, that kind of stuff? Are you doing a lot of speaking or are you sort of like writing your stuff and putting it out there and, and then getting on with the next thing? Yeah, I write my stuff. I put it out there. If I'm asked to do something like the Brisbane Writers Festival or something like that, if I'm able to, I I go, I do it. I'm not on Facebook or Instagram or any of those things on Twitter. I think it would mess me up too much if I was. Um, I prefer to put all of my energy into story and my characters. So that's just more important for me. Do you yeah. enjoy the speaking stuff when you when you do it or is it something that you really have to kind of, you know, steal yourself to go and do? Oh, my Lord, I'm just – I'm a shock guy. I, I, it's, it's not joy for me beforehand, but once I'm out there and I'm doing it, yeah, it's, I loosen up and it's, it's – it's better. I have a problem with, I have a few problems probably, but I do have a problem with <laughs> remembering things. So for me to actually get up for, you know, 40 minutes, 45 minutes and, and speak just out to everybody and remember everything is, is a no-go zone. Yeah. Um, I just can't recall information. And I, I know there's others out there who are like me. So I read, um, I do the best I can and, and read and, and show some works, some short films and things like that and, and hopefully and put it all together that way. Yeah, I would, I would, you know, it would be wonderful if I was able to just just be normal like a normal person but I, I just can't do it. So. But <laughs> I, I have to do that with me reading. I, but I think that that's just about learning to- to play to your strengths, isn't it? Like you, you it. if you understand how you best work and then you that's put together right. a presentation that, that goes to those strengths, I think that that's, that's all any of us can do really. Yeah, that's yeah. right, yeah. So that's what I do, you know, like it or not, that's what I do. And, you know, it, it, it works so, so, yeah. Fair enough. All right, so we're going to finish up today, Sue, with our three top tips for writers. So what have you got for us? What are your suggestions for what, you know, people aspiring, emerging, you know, wannabe writers out there, any of them? Um, mm-hmm. What tips have you got for them? Okay, so read, read, read. You yep. can't write without reading. The next one is, and to read beyond what you normally would read yeah do you know read comics read just read everything just read a little bit and you don't have to, have to finish the book just read something scripts movie scripts just have a play and read the next thing is listen and to really listen yeah 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 um, how do you do? How do you do that? Like, how do you? Because you know, the thing is, I think everyone would say, "Oh, yeah, no," but I'm a really good listener. But in actual fact, most of us are not actually good listeners. Yes. Like, so, yes. what do you reckon is a good like as a writer? What do you? How do you tune into that? How do you tune into listening well? Okay, so for me, my I've learned a, a lot about listening. And not being triggered. Mm. This is a big one. Without, and I'm, I'm, you know, probably people won't be happy with what I'm going to say here either. But it's so easy to be triggered by things, mm. by what people say. Yeah. And and that's when you turn off. Yeah. You just close down. So what I've had to do is to listen, and not be triggered or be triggered, 
let your ego go, let it listen, and let it get pissed off. I'm saying some things I probably I shouldn't. Let it get angry, but then but, but keep your ears open and let it go. And eventually you'll get triggered, but, you know, that time where you get triggered and you want to close down, it won't happen anymore. It will yeah. just stay open. Everything will stay open and you and you continue to listen and take in the information yeah. because that's where, the, that's where the gifts are. If you can do that, if you can break through and not be triggered, that's where the gifts are. Okay, that's very good advice. All right, and your third tip? Third tip is step outside your comfort zone. Mm. Yeah, 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 challenge yourself. Try something different. Try something different, yeah. Listen to someone different. (laughs) You know, if you don't agree with someone, don't, um, it's like, once again, it's easy to just, to just turn off. But if you put yourself in the position and you're actually there and you have to listen um, or they come to you, it's, you don't walk away, you just listen. Yeah, so step outside your comfort zone and, and yeah, do something, challenge yourself. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Sue. It's been absolutely lovely having a chat with you. I really appreciate it. Good luck with that feature film. I'm hoping that we will hear some more about that in the future. And uh, we will very much look forward to seeing what it is that you come up with next. Yeah, thank you so much, Alison. This podcast is brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre, a world leader in writing courses. If you'd like to write fiction for kids and teens, our five-week online course, How to Write for Children and Young Adults, will help you get there faster. Find your voice, create characters, dialogue and plots to fit your age group and write compelling stories that young readers will love, all in a couple of hours a week. You'll also enjoy the convenience of learning from anywhere and get your very own tutor providing personal feedback on your writing. Find out more at writerscentre.com.au slash children's author. There we go, Sue McPherson. All right, that brings us almost to the end of this week's episode. What will you be doing in the coming week, Al? Um, I will be doing my copy edit, which is uh, is with me and needs to be completed quite quickly for my September novel. Um, and it was quite funny because one of the things that you notice when you get a work copy edited by a professional editor is the words that you overuse. Mm. Um, and in this, and it's different. It's an interesting thing because it's different for every manuscript. Like you, you, you obviously, you know, you must kind of get the hang of it with one, and then you move on to the next one. So there was a. a so when I was writing the Mapmaker Chronicles, the first um, book in that, the, the my characters used to sigh all the time, like <laughs> to the point where they were obviously just clearly depressed. Mm. And then in the second book, I think there was an awful lot of you know eye rolling going oh. on. So there was a lot of eye rolling in that one. In this particular manuscript. There's a lot of nod- nodding, like oh. to the point where I think these people are actually bobbleheads because they are <laughs> nodding at each other constantly. <laughs> wow. Um, so my my lovely editor, Mary, has very thoughtfully gone through and highlighted in colours, different colours, the words that are overused and the nodding, which is highlighted in green, comes up an awful lot. So now I've got to go through and think of all the different ways that I can say nodding or <laughs> indicate in some other way that yes. of what's actually going on in the book. 
Wow. Yeah, you don't know you do it until someone else reads the book. Yes, which is so important to get and to have, you mm. know, editors and beta mm. readers and that sort of thing because you are too close to it. Yes. It's, you, it's almost like you're blind you to those too words. close to it. Mm. It is. That's exactly right. So that's what I'll be doing. Um, what about you? What are you doing? You're still directing a festival or? Oh, yes, yes. For, for new listeners, um, I'm the City of Sydney's curator of the Sydney Lunar Festival and if you're around in Sydney, go check it out. There's over 100 events mm. and it's sydneylunarfestival.com and it's been really interesting, Al, because um, whoever has, the, the lady who has been responsible for the media has done an incredible job. So it's been such a weird experience for me because I've been um, interviewed by the Sydney Morning Herald and week, ABC Weekend Breakfast on the TV and Richard Glover at Drive Time and we did live crosses for the Today Show and it's just been... You've it, been everywhere. Radio, I've seen everywhere. you everywhere. It's crazy, yeah. I know. It's it's like, what, I'm, I'm like, what are you doing with my vowel? How come? <laughs> She's everywhere. <laughs> so make sure you check it out. And um, there will be dragon boat races this weekend. There will be lunar lanterns lining the foreshores of Sydney Harbour. And one of them, uh, there's going to be a five-metre art installation that I've designed, which is going to be right near Aria Restaurant um, at the start of the concourse to the Opera House. So I'm hoping to get some good photos wow. of that now. Um, I look and, forward um, to seeing those. Yeah, busy, busy, busy. And um, life will calm down mm, after the 10th of February. In the meantime, I have to get by on not much sleep and a lot of adrenaline. <laughs> Excellent. Um, You'll be fine. Whiskey helps. I know, right? Oh, yeah, I should go buy some. All right. So, Al, where do we find you online? You'll find me um, at alisontait.com, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-T-A-I-T.com. You'll find me on Twitter at, at altait, A-L-T-A-I-T, and you'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Alison Tate Writer. And you, Val, where do we find you? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram. And um, Instagram stories is where I'm trying to do quite a bit of behind the scenes of the festival, so that's been quite fun. Um, and you'll find me online at ValerieKoo.com. Of course, you'll find the show notes at soyouwanttobearwriter.com.au. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Writer. You'll find the show notes at writercentre.com.au slash podcast or sign up for our awesome and often hilarious weekly newsletter at writerscentre.com.au slash news where you'll find writing resources, giveaways, competitions and much more. <laughs>